I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Keanu Believe It, the Talk Film Society podcast that is all Keanu Reeves all the time. I'm Sam Van Heron, assistant editor over at TFS and a lifelong fan of the singular Keanu Reeves. I am your guide through his diverse and interesting career. Each week, a guest and I discuss a film from his filmography, which we're working through in chronological order. On this episode, we'll be discussing The Neon Demon. Joining me to discuss the horror film from Nicholas Winding Refn is Jamie Rigetti. How's it going, Jamie? Hey, thanks for having me. It's going good. Yeah, yeah it's great to have you. Uh, so before we get into the movie, I always ask my guests uh, what their opinions on the great Keanu Reeves. I just you know, <laughs> showed my bias there, uh, but Keanu Reeves in general. Uh, so why don't you let us know what your thoughts on him are? Sure. Um, I can still remember seeing Bill and Ted as like a you know, seven to eight year old kid and just being kind of like, <laughs> what is this? This is awesome. Also, I get why girls like boys now, because, yeah, you know, they're just, uh, it was just so much fun and, like, one of my favorite movies as a kid. And, I mean, I think that's kind of the joy of Keanu Reeves' movies is you can find something at any age. And, you know, as you get older, you kind of, like, I remember seeing Speed as a kid and then getting older and seeing, like, My Own Private Idaho and falling in love with that. And, you know, there's just so many kind of great... Obviously, The Matrix was... We're we're celebrating, like, the 25th anniversary right now. And and it's, you know, that's a movie that kind of changed my life as a teenager. So, um, you know, it's always been something that has popped up throughout my life. And and then on top of that, you hear all these great stories about Keanu being just such a a wonderful human being, um, which, you know, is always nice and it makes you feel good. Um, at the end of the day, that somebody you love to go see their movies and support them is also like this wonderful human being. Um, so yeah, and I actually right. did did get the chance to interview Keanu last year, which was kind of a life changer for okay. me. So right, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's something you know. Hope against hope. Maybe it'll uh, as we continue this podcast. Maybe it'll happen someday. But yeah, it's uh, but yeah, that's just always something. Anytime I hear some great story about him just being wonderful like there was recently some uh video of him like getting stranded at an airport and Mm. like uh just hanging out with the people it's just it's just great to see yeah uh so this movie uh the neon demon uh this is one he's been there's been a few that i've covered where he's you know barely in it but in this one he's also barely in this one but he makes a really strong impression in just a handful Mm -hmm. of scenes oh yeah um it's 
uh, you know, okay, we, we're talking about how great Keanu is and how he's this wonderful, wonderful human being. And so, you know, it's fun to see him play like Ted because he's like being goofy and bouncy and, you know, wonderful. But mm-hmm. when Keanu plays like a dark character, it is always really jarring. But I also weirdly like it because it's, it is so far from who he is. And, um, and, and I would imagine his own comfort zone as an actor. And I think he really kind of gets to shine because he's, you know, playing against type and he's, he's kind of, you know, not somebody you want to root for at all in this movie <laughs> or, or right. like at all in this movie. And it, it just makes it a little bit more fun. So it really is, it is like a cameo kind of, but it is a really fun one. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple of times where that doesn't necessarily work, you know, for, but it's usually, it's usually the material, not necessarily anything he's doing. Uh, but mm-hmm. in, in the cases that I feel like it works is going to be this and then, also, like movies like uh, The Gift or um, mm-hmm. Much Ado About Nothing, where he's like, he seems, it seems like it's miscasting, but it's also kind of brilliant in that, because in this character, you're not supposed to really know what his deal is. At first, you know, you're just kind of, it's supposed to be, anytime he's on screen, he's kind of unsettling. And so that the fact that you caught off guard of Keanu playing this loathsome human being, it kind of yeah, adds the impact of it, I think. Yeah, definitely. It, it's definitely a moment where you feel. Um, you know, like, especially for me as a woman watching it, like, I think a lot of women have been in this situation where you just like are not safe (laughs) and it is a horrible (laughs) feeling. Um, but I think you especially feel for Elle Fanning's character in this because she's just not like, she's going to him for help and it's, it's, he, he's not help, you know, he's not, he's not like somebody who's actually going to help her. So it is a really like uncomfortable, like sticky situation. Uh, yeah, which is basically this movie, you know, the, this movie in a nutshell a little bit. It is very, uh, so the first time I saw this, I, uh, I mean, I'm a fan of, uh, Refn's work, so I, uh, pretty much gonna give anything he, uh, does a shot, but, uh, this time, the first time I saw this, I, like, appreciated it, and was like, uh, I liked the craft of it, but I wasn't really sure on it, uh, thematically and stuff, but this time I was watching it, this re- recent rewatch, and I, I think it's genuinely great. Uh, what do you what are your thoughts on this movie? The, do you remember like the I, first time you saw it? And yeah, I um same same thing. You know, like somebody who who really loves Refn, and I I actually really like Only God Forgives, which like I know a lot of people don't same. really like, but um I I honestly did love it when I saw it. I saw it in in theaters and. Um, you know, I do remember it being really, you know, uh, you either loved it or hated it at the time. I think a lot of people have come around to it um, in mm-hmm. time, but I know when it came out, um, I was over at Film School Rejects at the time, and I remember, you know, a bunch of us, there was a, like a great divide of those of us who loved it and, the, and you know, the, the folks who kind of hated it. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it really kind of, you know, had a lot to say about, about our own society and our own culture and this mm-hmm. kind of idea of consuming beauty and youth and um, and just kind of how disposable that can be as well. And, you know, we're talking about a few years ago, uh, 2015, I think it came out. So mm-hmm. it, it's also we, we're four years removed now. And I weirdly feel like things have gotten even worse in some respects where, you know, uh, right. social media has just really taken over our lives. And so, um, you know, we're, we're constantly swiping and swiping and, and kind of moving on to the next and just this idea of consuming. And um, yeah, so so I think there's a lot kind of woven into that about um, devouring something that's youthful and and beautiful right. and and you know um and of course that literally does happen in the movie too so right uh, <laughs> I think that's, yeah uh so i 
I think it's just kind of the case for Refn overall, though, is that he's he's one of the more divisive uh, mm-hmm. directors out there right now. Like, I, and I and I get it. I think like he's not making movies that are for everyone, and I I can uh, respect. I I, I, co- I totally understand that. Like, it's mm-hmm. not going to be for everyone, but at the same time, like I think the more every time I've every time I've rewatched one of his movies, I've always it's never been a case where I've like liked it less. I feel like I always like them more. I think I find. Mm-hmm new things to be uh and that's always i think it's always exciting when uh i think it's a sign of a good director for me uh, yeah i think the more fun, that yeah yeah the more you can go back to something and 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 also take new things from it i think is also really exciting when when there's kind of layers to something um and i think he's definitely a filmmaker who is, is saying a lot in, in all of his films so to kind of go back and kind of discover something new is always really fun and and kind of the the great part about rewatching movies like this too for sure uh, and it starts uh i i think the opening credits are great just because i love cliff martinez's score because he's just one of the best composers mm. out there right now but i just i especially love his work with uh but with so i like how his work with soderbergh is so different than his work with uh Refn though too and i but uh i like how it kind of uh sets up the soundscape a little bit in those opening credits and then also just that it's going to be uh and then the, the opening shots of pretty much tells it's not being coy with what the, the themes of this yeah. movie are. I mean, the, the first opening shots are literally, you know, Elle Fanning with her throat slit and <laughs> a guy leering on. Even if it even if it's a photo shoot, it's still very yeah. much telling you what this movie's uh, what its goals are, what it's trying to tell you. Yeah, I mean, I, I the one thing that that strikes me so much about that opening scene and also this movie is just like the the colors pop and um you know the 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 lighting is gorgeous and you know we're you're, we're we're kind of moving in this world of models so of course everything is really pristine and and perfect but um you know like there are scenes that just stick with me particularly the scene where she goes on that really big photo shoot and kind of gets like bathed in gold. Um, oh, man, yeah. you know, there's just, there's just visuals that really stick with you from this movie that, um, are kind of unforgettable. And just again, the, you know, I know Refn really despises being compared to Argento. And I understand that, that he does see a difference between how he works with light versus the colors in Argento's movies. But I think if you mm-hmm. have an appreciation for Argento, for, um, Inferno and Suspiria, um, then obviously there's something to really love in this movie because I think Refn is really playing with light and color uh, in ways that that you can kind of, you know, harken back to Inferno for me more than anything because I think in Inferno he uses reds and blues and purples. and uh, But yeah, so he sure. kind of plays with those things and it's just really gorgeous. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you people at the time, I remember this came out, people were like making those comparisons a lot, which are, which is fair. I mean, it's clearly... It's got some similarities to, I think, more in just in terms of maybe it's the pacing and then also obviously the use of light and color that you know compared to Suspiria. But I think it's I think they're different. Th- I think they're different animals enough that it's not it's not like I don't think he's just ripping him off by any right. means. Right. Uh, I mean, but again, this one specifically this movie uh, in terms of you know uh, it's it's definitely got some spiritual uh, stuff in common with. Uh, Suspiria and stuff, but mm. uh, but yeah, it's just a just a stunning movie. I mean, I remember this was the, this time I watched it on my uh, huge TV, and it was just like just yeah, the it just pulls you in. Uh, and uh, but yeah, just the colors are 
it's just really incredible to look at. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also interesting to kind of see, um, you know, Jessie's journey as she kind of becomes, she's like really young and naive and kind of doesn't know anything. Mm -hmm. And then as she kind of morphs into this, this animal, this, this, um, you know, there are the two, the two models that she, I can't remember their names that she meets in the beginning. And you see this kind of contrast, how like almost heinous they are because they're very superficial and very bitchy and mean to her. And she becomes Mm -hmm. that eventually. And, and, you know, and then that is kind of her undoing as well. And, you know, it's just kind of interesting to it's it is a cautionary tale in a weird way um, of just, you know, not just a, of how society consumes, but also how we can kind of become the things that we despise the most. And, um, you know, it is again, like we were I was just saying earlier, there are so many layers to this movie, which makes it like so fascinating to kind of go back to. Right. Which is what I think I, I picked up a lot uh, this time around. Like, the first time I thought uh and it's just, it's kind of, it's not exactly an easy movie to watch. So like, that's what took me a few, why it took me a few years to go back. But I remember just, but I remember that after it ended, I wasn't sure what to think about it. But then I remember just never stopped thinking about it. I just kept, mm. it just seared in my brain and I kept coming back to it and then finally mm. revisiting it. Uh, so it's another great thing about doing this podcast that I got to revisit it. But, uh, but yeah, the, um, Elle Fanning is just great in this movie. I think oh, yeah. everyone's... I don't think there's anyone really bad in this movie, but it's she and... Her and Jenna Malone mm-hmm. really stand out. Yeah, absolutely. She, um... I had written a piece about her afterwards because she just was... It, I, this came out, and, and then I believe, like, right after that was, um... Uh, gosh, I'm blanking on um, 20th Century Women, and she's also phenomenal in that, and it just was kind mm-hmm. of exciting to watch her. And of course, now she's just continuing to do amazing things, but it was really exciting to see what she did within this year, because those two movies were, she was incredible in both of them, and playing very different characters, but like really strong performances in both, and it was really exciting to kind of see what she was doing. For sure. Uh, and you mentioned that uh, just those the other models, uh, I'm looking at their names now. Or yeah, Gigi and Sarah, uh, mm. played by Bella Heathcote and Abby mm-hmm. Lee, both very good in this too. And they're not like it's, uh, but the way, uh, I mean, it, literally their first meeting with her, they're immediately like laying into her. They're you know questioning her uh, what she's doing there, like, and they're immediately you know jealous of her, what you know her natural, uh, you know, beauty and everything. But that's what the movie's so interesting is that it like. That's really what it's about is that, you know, that the way our society makes, uh, you know, women turn on each other and, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just really, uh, it's just the whole movie's unsettling. And every time, uh, you know, Jesse's with, uh, just the, you know, and the, I just love the lighting of this film and especially in this bathroom scene, I don't know, just Mm -hmm. very, uh, it's just, you never really know what's going on and it's, but it's to its credit, I think there's. Like, there's this one shot of uh, this guy that we meet later, this photographer who's, like, you know, staring at her, uh, Jesse from across the room, and it's just, uh, it, it is a horror film, but it doesn't almost feel like that for the majority of it, but then the, when you look back at it, it's like, oh, no, they're really, uh, the whole time, you're kind of uh, on edge, even if you don't necessarily notice Yeah, I think there is this really, um, there's a pervasive kind of unease throughout the movie. And I think that's, you know, we're entering this world kind of as, you know, Jesse's our vehicle. And so we kind of enter as naive as she is in some respects. And I think that, um, 
she's leered at. She doesn't know who to trust because they're everybody's kind of backstabby. They're really she's making very right. kind of uneasy, um, you know, alliances with people. So there is this kind of sense of unease that just keeps happening, and you don't know who is going to prey on her. Um, you know, this, I, I I remember that scene with the photographer so well, in part because I was just like, oh God, like, is this person going to take advantage of her? And he wounds right. up, but he doesn't. Um, and that's the thing that, that Ruffin does so well throughout this movie, even with Keanu's character, is you just, mm-hmm. you don't know who is going to take advantage of her, but you kind of feel like it could happen at any turn. Um, right. And so it really is such a, for me, it's a very realistic horror movie in that sense, because there is this this continuous like thread of dread um but it's so different from uh, a slasher movie where you're like oh god the killer could be around any corner and who's gonna get killed it is that same idea it's just done in such a smart way where it's oh this is just a woman's experience trying to navigate this world where she's basically prey to anyone around her and um so it's just it's so smartly done to me but but also a very clever way to make a very different kind of horror movie. Um, because I think right. a lot of and people... When... Oh, go ahead. Okay, yeah, I was just going to say, and when uh, the... Uh, so, like, the when you know what's coming, so, like, with the second watch, like, I remember like, when you know that third act turn is coming, there's actually things you pick up on where you realize just how those scenes play don't play scary the first time you see it. They play just kind of weird. Like, you don't know, like, you, you kind of find a... But then the second time, you're like, there were scenes, especially that some early scenes where you're like, when you know what Jenna Malone's characters uh, mm-hmm. got coming, it's like <laughs> it made it genuinely uh, frightening to me. Yeah, that that's also the great part about this is, um, you know, any movie that on repeat viewings where you know what's going to happen, but you can still kind of like see things in new lights. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like it, it just, it adds to that experience. And I think this is definitely one of those movies where even though you know what's going to happen, going back and rewatching with those like kind of new glasses on, so to speak, or the, the new lens to kind of view it through sure. um, just makes it richer. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that scene where she, uh, yeah, and then, uh, so like there's, uh, I, for, I forgot Christina Hendricks was in this. Uh, yeah, is, very briefly, yeah. In one scene, but it's always nice to see her. But uh, they, uh, so yeah, like, and then uh, it really caught me, uh, This the way, even that scene is kind of scary in its own sense, the way she's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, she's, they know that she's underage, but they're going to, she's like just saying, okay, no, we'll just let you forge this, you know, parental signature. And she's very, it's just like that that world that she's clearly not, uh, prepared for uh, and that she's plunged into is uh, I just it's literally every scene even the ones that you wouldn't expect are kind of uh, just make you like you said before uh, just give you that sense of uh, subtle dread that builds throughout the movie yeah yeah so then this is where uh, so yeah after some stuff ha- the uh, introduction of Keanu is really well done because you're like again I think uh, before you'd seen it you didn't you didn't know when he was going to show up I remember even learning about the development of it, we knew who the cast was going to be, but we literally knew nothing, kind of nothing about what the movie was going to be. Uh, even till like, I remember we knew the title and then it was like, it premiered at some festivals, I think. And, uh, but I remember, so watching it for the first time and then him popping up. Uh, and then at first you're like, is he going to be a cool kind of, you know, Keanu character? But then immediately you realize that, no, he's this real lecherous creep. <laughs> 
That's putting uh, it kindly. <laughs> yep. Uh, because it's just, yeah, she's staying in this dive motel. Uh, and it's clearly, you know, a uh, sketchy place, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, the... Um... Yeah, the the vibe there, you're kind of like, God, what are you doing? Like, triple lock that door. Um, but, you know, of course, right. like, the, the, the big scene with with Keanu, um, you know, there's, a, a like, a mountain lion, I think it is, in her room. Yeah. And and she's kind of which like, is a know. Yeah, which is definitely a scene that I, uh, yeah, uh, that's a whole thing. But <laughs> You know, and so, so she obviously goes to him for help because he mm-hmm. kind of owns the motel and you quickly realize he is not, you know, he's, he's basically right. like blaming her. I mean, he, it, it is kind of this subtle dig at, at gaslighting in its own way because he's kind of like, you know, well, you have to pay for the damage in the room and, you know, kind of just assuming like, well, you must have left the door open. Like all these, it has to be her fault. Um, and, and, it, and I, if, look, if, if you were the owner of a place and there was a mountain lion in someone's room, like, why wouldn't you <laughs> care about the safety of like a customer? But yeah, he just right. doesn't. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that, yeah, but that scene is, so like the first time I was like, uh, what the hell's that? But uh, again, like later, I think, uh, which we'll get into as we get to the, when that, I want to talk, I'll talk about that later when we find out about, uh, Jenna Malone's character. But yeah, so like the. Uh, but yeah, Jenna Malone is really great in this. I love how she, uh, like her first appearance is, yeah, she's, uh, she's seemingly this really, you know, kind person who cares about her. But there, but again, this, when you're rewatching it, there's these little looks that she gives her when, uh, like when Jesse's not looking, uh, that makes her think that, oh no, she's got some sinister plans. Mm-hmm. Ahead. Uh, but just like, yeah, the way she turns from, that genuinely convincing, uh, you know, uh, mentor character to then uh, full sinister nature is it's impressive. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you know the you're looking out for so the two models that we mentioned obviously like they can't be trusted (laughs) you know that is like a given from the outset but then you're like well at least you know jenna malone's character is somebody that she can kind of trust and you know and that's what kind of makes that turn so gutting in a way because it's like no i guess there really is nobody um and 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 I think that's indicative sometimes of, you know, there are people that we trust who have their own ulterior motives and, and we're kind of blinded sure. to that. And, and then it kind of blows up on us and, and everybody has that sometimes and it sucks. But, um, but yeah, I mean, her undoing really comes from Jenna Malone more than the other, I mean, the other models are part of it as well, but it's, it's really Jenna Malone's like doing in, in many respects. Right. Uh, and I really like these. Uh, so anytime she does, uh, some kind of like when she does a photo shoot like you said like the getting covered in gold uh it, it turns this it gets pretty surreal in certain areas whenever mm-hmm. he does these scenes it's like where they almost she goes into these hallucinatory states uh it's a little subtle that first time but even then you're like it's all black and then there's just the subtle you know it's literally all we're seeing is the characters uh and then these lights but then later when she does that uh her first uh, you know, runway uh, shoot. Uh, it goes full. I don't. I don't want to say Lynch, but it's a little bit. You know, just in terms mm-hmm. of it's. It's very uh, trippy, and it's. At first, I thought the first time I saw it, I thought I didn't really get what was uh, the point of them. But then 
This time it's pretty clear, uh, and I, I think it's probably my uh, favorite sequence of the film is when she's going into that full uh, hallucination, or is it a hallucination? You know, mm. uh, it's just really great. I remember the first time I, that I saw this movie, and we get to that kind of that big scene with the pool, and you know, essentially Jesse dying. Mm-hmm. I honestly thought it. I was like, this can't, this can't be real. This cannot be like, you know, they they can't be going there. And it it's just such a smart you know, thing for him to do to take you on this journey with this character and then just cut her right out. And you're just like, oh, uh, okay. And it's funny that you mentioned Lynch because I never really kind of tied it together, but there really is a lot of, um, I guess, companionship maybe with Mulholland Drive. Like, I wouldn't really compare the movies as closely, but I can see, like, a relationship between the two movies and just in the sense of not being able to trust people and, you know, Hollywood Mm -hmm. being a place that kind of does devour you. And just, again, that idea of the dreamy aspects versus, like, the gritty reality and and how they kind of then kind of converge and and crash into something really horrific. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, you are actually uh, spending just as much time with uh, Ruby almost as... Uh, Jesse, I mean, Jesse clearly has majority of the plot is revolved around her, but there are just enough scenes that cut away to Ruby that mm. the first time I remember seeming like, why are we showing this? But then once you see the ending, it clicks together like, oh, it's kind of her movie too. And it's almost like you're honestly following the quote villain of the piece. And that's really interesting to me. And uh, But I almost completely forgot that it's... Uh, so like when she makes that turn of revealing that uh, I mean, it's clear, uh, like, immediately, uh, so when Jesse eventually runs to uh, the the mansion or the, go to, go to mm-hmm. see with Ruby, mm-hmm. like, the first scene that we see is her, you know, comforting her, but then immediately basically attacks her. And right. it's, uh, it's just, again, the uh, Jenna Malone plays it really well of that, where she almost seems like upset that she wouldn't let her you know assault her and it's like it's a really uh impactful scene yeah i mean she's also gaslighting jesse in her own way because it's Mm -hmm. kind of like well i'm i i'm giving you a place to say i've done all these things for you i gave you this big Mm -hmm. shot um and it's a really interesting take because you know especially now post like harvey weinstein um obviously Mm -hmm. like the casting couch kind of coming back into light and people realizing oh this this happens a lot um, it's an interesting way to, to look at it because it's not, yeah, I mean, there are, there are people out there who are just going to prey on people and gender isn't, you know, the biggest, it, it can happen to anybody and it doesn't matter who's mm-hmm. doing it. Like her doing it is just as bad as Harvey Weinstein doing it. They're both wrong, you know? Um, right. so I always thought that was really interesting that she does immediately go into that typical abuser kind of like, well, I gave you all these things, you know? And you're like, what? No, that's not cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, even the one character that we, that is like the only character that's genuinely, that's seemingly genuinely nice to her, like, you know, her boyfriend or whatever, this guy that, you know, the photographer, even he, the first time he's, you know, confronted that he's like, uh, he's like, there's a scene in this restaurant where, uh, after, so like there's this, at some point during the movie, Jesse kind of flips to like being more, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, accepting of this you know world and the uh her place in it and like being more confident and kind of going becoming becoming one of these fully self-absorbed people but there's a scene where uh so like the photographers being a real you know talking about 
the line, you know, beauty isn't everything is the only thing or whatever. And uh, the guy, like, uh, is offended by this, but then uh, instead of, like, staying there with her and maybe getting her out of this potentially uh, toxic situation, he just kind of abandons her at the first shot of... Uh, and so it's kind of... More, I, I've picked up on that this time where it's like, even he, this maybe nice character, uh, is going to abandon her at the first sign of uh, him not liking whatever she's becoming or something. But it just it, yeah. it struck me as like, no one's really uh, in for it, uh, in it for anyone but themselves in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the... Uh, but yeah, the scene where uh, she uh, does this... She goes on the, on the, on the runway and she... I, again, this scene didn't really make sense to me the first time, but here I see that it's like, it's her... Uh, you know, the term the neon demon, I guess, is maybe it's this entity that she, uh, it's a little, again, it's, it's not, uh, I think this is a pretty, uh, complex film that I'm not going to be able to, uh, you know, completely analyze on the second viewing, but it just, uh, it's just a really, uh, striking scene visually the first time, but this time I picked up that it's actually really thematically interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's funny because I never really thought about what the neon demon was, you know, I just was right. kind of like rolling with the title. Um, and I, yeah. Maybe I, I LA is the neon demon itself. Uh, like yeah. Maybe that's what it's saying, you know, like the. Yeah, for but. sure. I mean, that, that world that she's moving in. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, like you said, it is, everybody's kind of out for themselves here. And even the characters that we think are good are just still looking out for themselves first and foremost. Um, and it comes back to bite some of them in the ass, obviously at the very end of the movie, we see that um, where the consumption of beauty literally uh, has kind of detrimental effects. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure they were also fine at the very, very end. So. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. But they, uh, so yeah, the it's that uh, again, that, Really, that third act turn really kept, even caught me off guard this time again. I was like, oh, I didn't realize that it happened so quick. Like, there's literally... Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty much the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie, but it uh, it almost it still feels like it's out of nowhere. Like, you're like... Uh, yeah. I mean, because literally the... I, mean, I think it's because that... Also, that scene bef- right before it, I mean, uh, Jenna Malone having sex with a corpse, like, that's quite... Uh, yeah. It's, it catches you off guard there, too. So you're like... Uh, you're a little off balance already so that when that officially you know when they uh, immediately start trying to kill her it's like even more shocking i think yeah i mean the movie isn't it's not a quick movie um and it's it's funny because i feel like you're kind of in this almost like dream where things are kind of flowing not slowly because i don't mean that in a bad way but it you're like with it you know you're kind of taking your time with things and then Mm -hmm. boom like all of a sudden like you said so it is funny because you know it is only like the last 20 minutes and you've already been sitting with this movie for a long time and it still feels very like wait what like you know it just kind of comes out and takes you and and then you're just going down that final little little bit but um yeah it's it's kind of interesting how quickly he shakes you out of this um, almost like dreamy kind of flow you've been in. Right. To then, uh, kind of a waking nightmare. Cause I like that. Yeah. And yeah. It's really, it's really well. Uh, I mean the, it's all shadows. It's all, uh, but also there's this mansion is really off putting 
even when it's just just every time it's shot it's like uh it it's clearly something wrong here like she should maybe she should pick up on that there's this why are these three uh quote young models uh living in this giant mansion and it's like and even I didn't pick up on that the first time that I'm like oh yeah clearly uh Ruby's some kind of immortal mm-hmm. witch vampire or something mm-hmm. like I like how it's never explicit but like I didn't even notice the first time that like she's got these occult looking tattoos on her body so that mm-hmm. uh I mean that's maybe the end where you can see a little bit more yeah, it is kind of Suspiria in a way. Like the, yeah, like there uh, is that it, that quick reveal because yeah, like you said, it kind of comes not out of nowhere, but you know, it really that that scene kind of reinforces it where she's you know naked and you kind of see everything and you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just that, I, and again, it's never it doesn't spell anything out for you. It's it's all for it's all it's never explicitly stated exactly what uh, that, but it made me think that maybe she's been. The fact that she's living in this house makes me think that, like, uh, she might be a very old, Mm. like, maybe from, like, you know, uh, and that she's been doing this for years, and that's how she's, uh, so it's, but I just, it makes you question everything you've seen, and that's always uh, something good in a horror film where you're, like, never quite sure. Uh, I just like it when you're, you're not, there's still some sense of mystery there, there's not, they're not just telling you, oh yeah, she's a witch, she yeah. drinks blood, and that's how she's youth. But it's like, it, there's things there that you can pick up on that makes you uh, question it. I, I yeah, the, the to me that always struck me as kind of a nod to like Elizabeth Bathory and this idea mm-hmm, of, sure. you know, preserving your youth by consuming youth. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not, like you said, I don't think it's very... Um, it's a subtle enough nod that if you know that, you know it. And if you don't, you're still kind of rolling with it because it's pre- it looks really cool. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, for sure. I think uh, it all ties into this. It also reminded me a little bit of um, of kind of, you know, the um, uh, Hunger, sorry, the Bowie, Catherine Deneuve vampire movie. And just this idea mm-hmm. of these vampires kind of living and hiding away and living in these kind of like you know elaborate gorgeous places where they're kind of hiding and they're waiting to strike and um you know they that they've kind of uh, dabbled in culture over the centuries and like you know so just kind of like those those things to me kind of tied into that whole little part which i thought was really cool and again it's it's subtle enough that you can like tap into those if you know it and if you don't like right. it's still cool so i think that again you know he just I, I just think he does things really smart in this movie yeah i'm always a, but i'm always a fan of uh uh those kind of like vampire movie is not really a vampire movie but you can like mm-hmm. see it as yeah. one and you can uh thematically has it you know that ties into it but like again you can just enjoy it as a uh bit of a surreal nightmare thing without necessarily picking up on those uh supernatural elements and it uh like it's still effective in terms of it's very clear what the you know what the themes of the film are and uh but it's just yeah i just really it's just a really fascinating movie and i think uh people have been dismissive of it but i think like i think it's definitely worth uh giving a second chance maybe now that especially after maybe reading some stuff on it like knowing more about the uh what maybe you didn't get the themes and it's all i just think uh it's definitely worth taking a second look at oh for sure uh but yeah and then there's this so there's one there's the other the third scene with keanu is 
pretty uh, traumatic. I mean, it's like, especially, I mean, because she's like, has a dream. Uh, I completely forgot. I completely blanked out the scene. Uh, it's, it is it very is traumatic. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you love Keanu, it's certainly kind of a jarring, you know. Um, right. I actually, I, mean, I really Keanu like an, it. Yeah, seeing Keanu force a knife into uh, yeah. Elle Fanning's mouth is pretty... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's upsetting, let's say that. <laughs> uh, but then, like, it's... And it's question, you know, if, if, whether it's a dream or not, but uh, I think it is, and then... But then she, like... But then, yeah, she wakes up and has, like here's the girl next door being attacked or something. Mm. And it's like, that's just really, uh, I mean, given what uh, Keanu's character had said earlier about, uh, I think he said some like, I think he said real Lolita shit or something. It's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. yeah, here, again, hear him say that is very, uh, very upsetting, but it's again, it's yeah. part of the genius of his casting in this, that you would never expect him to play that level of a bad person. In it. Yeah. I think, uh, um, as we've been kind of saying, like Refn really does this well, where he um, insinuates just enough for you to fill in. And I always have felt that the right. best horror movies um, are the ones that make you kind of fill in the lines. And um, our imagination is always going to be scarier than what we see on the screen. And so he kind of just insinuates that he, I mean, essentially is letting people go in and assault young girls who are staying at right. the, the motel. And um, it's really, it's disturbing. And it is very, I don't want to say a throwaway line because I don't think it was a throwaway, but, but in, in the sense no. to his character, it's almost like, Oh yeah. And by the way, on the side, I do this, you know, it's like very nonchalant for him. And um, that is of course disturbing. Cause then we're also thinking, of Jesse and how she's alone and, you know, she's, she's young, Mm -hmm. she's a teenager and, you know, and who's going to protect her. And so there is this pervading kind of fear again, like just layering on that sense of unease and uncomfortable uh, feelings that she's not safe no matter where she goes. And for her, that's home technically. And if you're not safe at home, then where are you safe? Um, And so, and he's the authority figure there. And if he's not someone willing to protect her, you know, it's just really well done where he kind of weaves together that no one uh, is looking out for her. And it's really sad and scary. Um, And that dream sequence, I think what's really smart about it is, I don't know. I want to say it's just a dream. But there's also a part of me that thinks maybe he had been coming into her room and even just watching her sleep or something like we don't know um right and, and especially because she's on the floor mm-hmm. uh, when she wakes up makes you think like even if it's not yeah maybe that's not uh maybe it was a dream but also why was she having that dream because right, she's exactly. feeling was that her react but again it's never uh it lets you fill in those blanks and i think that's yeah. again part of it's to its credit and i think also i just got i have to i respect that appreciate that reference is able to uh, you know, have those, uh, you know, those feelings of, you know, and those having that, uh, that, you know, having that someone was assaulted, but again, without showing it, like, you know, it's not, uh, like you said, it's always more, it's always, but not only is it more effective because we fill in, our imaginations are always scarier than whatever, uh, that whatever they can actually show in a movie, but also we just don't necessarily need to see that, you know, we don't need to see a young girl getting assaulted without right. we can still feel that impact of it and i think right uh yeah i, I think just, it was a really I, I smart way to handle that. that yeah for sure um yeah because i think we already have this sense that she is not safe and 
we we know the things that would happen so to not have to see them per se um actually right. is is a i think better uh yeah and then so then this uh this this final this actual scene where uh you know Jesse uh, gets killed uh is really yeah it's just it's scary but it's also uh just like it's also kind of nice it's like still uh like it's just so interesting to look at but it's uh uh but i the uh when uh whatever the when ruby like pushes jesse into the pool uh and then it i real i didn't kind of piece that together that, that that final final scene uh when so first they you know have a shower in her blood and then you know uh jenna malone's in a full which has become a a meme now of her in a pool of blood but uh <laughs> then uh so this final scene with uh basically yeah they consumed her uh and, literally and that's mm-hmm. uh and they uh I, but again like they don't show them doing it but it's almost creepier the fact that they don't right like it's uh whatever they did is not shown to us and so we have to piece that together and it uh and it but then uh this ending where uh, so Gigi and Sarah are doing, you know, they're they're now happy. They're like, you know, they consumed her, so now they're going to go do their thing. And then this is where it. Uh, so, what did you make of this final scene? I mean, it's interesting because, of course, the idea here is that so throughout the movie, everybody talks about Jesse having this it factor, right? She has something, and and the mm-hmm. thing that that you can't really name, but she has it, right? She has it quote unquote right um and so i think in that process of consuming her um it's funny because i i I kept thinking about this uh the rocket man trailer and uh which looks Mm -hmm. really good uh but there is a part Mm -hmm. where uh you know elton john is told that if you want to become something you have to kind of become the thing that you want um, and right. so then he kind of says, oh, my name's Elton now. And some guy's like, well, that's my name, you know? So so this mm-hmm. idea that um, you have to kind of consume something that you aspire to be. And so this is obviously what they literally do. They kind of consume her. And now this it factor is inside of them, I guess. Um, and it seems like it works at first because they're going to this, It you know, it's funny because we go from this really dark you know, this the scene where Jesse's killed is dusk, so it's very dark. And then we suddenly mm-hmm. are transported into this really sunny, bright, popping colors like California, right? Um, right. And they're in convertibles, and they look stunning. I mean, they look gorgeous, and they're doing this photo shoot. And then she kind of, you know, regurgitates this eye. And so you're like, oh, mm-hmm. they literally did eat her. Um, but, you know, so it's funny because I think in the one sense, it do they have their happy ending with some bumps along the way? Maybe. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's kind of left it very open for interpretation because I think in some respects there are people who kind of conquer the past and conquer uh, the competition and are able to come out on top. And then there are the people who it eventually does take them down. So I think it's kind of open for interpretation there. Maybe sure. one of them succeeds and the other doesn't. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Right. And I think like, uh, I think you did, you, you, I think you nailed it actually. Like it's, yeah, you're not supposed to, it's definitely up to interpretation, but like the, uh, visceral thing of like the, uh, the one, you know, who regurgitates up the eye and then, then cuts herself open. Cause you know, saying like, yeah, it's almost like she's, 
Uh, I mean, there's the part where she starts regurgitating is almost like because she sees this pool, and that's you know again that's where they killed her, and so I wonder if that's like you know that's what it's saying is like this kind of reminded her of it, and mm-hmm. this made like, and she couldn't accept what that she did, right? Like she she's disgusted by what she did to the point where she has to die, and then uh, but her friend is like just kind of kind of she like does this weird twitch smile and then eats the eye, so it's clearly like she's cool with it. She's she's like. Uh, it, it worked, so let's be okay with it. And it's kind of, I think that's uh, power, a little bit powerful, like that. Uh, yeah, she's that one girl did still, you know, eat her, but she kind of felt bad about it. And it's like uh, I don't know how if that's just my reading of it, but it's yeah. I mean, uh, like I guess either way, for it's me, a very it's effective ending. That I mean, that girl could still be okay, I guess. Like I don't know, <laughs> um, maybe not because she is like, kind of disemboweling herself, but like uh, who right. knows. Um, but it, but I think that's also indicative of of just you know fame is so fickle and hard, and there are people who kind of almost get there, and then it just like you know it, it kind of washes them out, and then you know the other girl who has no problem with it, those are the people who just kind of are a little sociopathic and will do anything they have to do and and succeed. Um, Ultimately, will she succeed? I don't know. She might succeed for a little bit, but as we kind of see throughout this entire film, and I think that's what makes it a little bit cyclical, even though, obviously, you know, you're not going to... Jesse doesn't come back, but right. you you can tell that this is a cycle. So what happened, you know, this girl kind of triumphs at the end, but does she really triumph? Because we saw what happened to Jesse, and if she had the it factor and eventually has a demise, well, this girl now kind of has the it factor well she'll probably have a demise too i mean it's there's there is no happy ending right someone's gonna come along and take like again there's even yeah, this there's always a new younger face yeah i mean they're talking to this other model uh during that scene and she says something like uh hasn't a girl ever fucked you over for a job and she says yeah and she says, what did you do like i ate her and so like yeah, yeah. uh it's clearly yeah it's uh there's no happy ending here but it's like at the same time it's like yeah they, uh, at some point, she's going to get uh, in the way of someone, and that's clearly saying that this is a type of uh, culture that's not it's not good, let's say that. To the, to yeah, and I mean, uh, there's no actual winner here. The winners will right. lose at some point. For sure. Uh, yeah, that pretty much does it for this movie. But yeah, again, I would definitely recommend checking it out again, or if you've heard, if you've only heard negative things, or if you, you know... I think it's still worth... uh, You might not like it. You might actively hate it. And I can honestly... I can honestly understand both sides to be... Like, it's it's not an easy movie to watch. It's definitely not uh, what you're expecting, even if you've heard a lot about it. And it's... uh, But I think it's still worth... Because you never know. Well, I think in some ways it kind of suffered from... um, you know, people love Drive. And then Only God Forgives, like, kind of didn't hit. So there was a lot of hype around it because Refn was back. Um, And then I think also people were told this is a horror movie, and it is. It's just not the kind of horror movie people expected, I think. So I think it really is a great movie to kind of go back and give another chance to because I think if you view it more as, like, an allegorical horror movie – um, or even as we were kind of saying before, which I really love kind of viewing Ruby as this vampire character, but like in a very subtle way, I think that really makes it more fun to kind of engage with. And I think it's a lot, the, the more you go back to this movie, I think, and, and just have a, I guess, 
a, give it give it a shot. So, you know, I think it it works a lot better. I think it is one of those things that just suffered from like overhype and which happens a lot. Expecting a certain thing and yeah, because you can't. Yeah. That's something people do a lot. You know, they they go and see a movie expecting it to be one thing, and when it's not exactly what they either expected or wanted, then they turn on it. But which is understandable, and I've been there. I've done that myself. But I think it it's this one. I definitely think benefits from knowing what. Like I think it benefits from a second viewing for sure. And I think it yeah. even, like I said, it, it uh, opens itself to new readings, which I. I'll always love that, and it'll always make me think a movie's interesting. Yeah, same. Uh, great. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, before you go, do you have anything you'd like to plug to let people know where they can find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at Jamie Rigetti. Um, I work for IFC Midnight, so I'm always tweeting about some cool horror movies, if that's your thing. Uh, I'll always talk about Keanu Reeves, because I love him. So uh, you can find me there, and uh, yeah, love to hear from you. Great. Yeah, please go follow her. And uh, thanks again, Jamie. And thanks Thank all. You. Thank you all for listening. Uh, join me next time. We'll be discussing the whole truth. Until then, keeping excellent to each other. Bye.